This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Hey, it's 12.03 on Monday afternoon, March 21st, 2022. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Hart. Boeing is once again in the spotlight after the crash of a jet overseas. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, the week ahead will include key reports on sales of new homes and consumer sentiment. We welcome in Paul Christopher, who is the head of global market strategy at the Wells Fargo Investment Institute in St. Louis, Missouri. Paul, thanks for joining us today. Let's begin with those comments by Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell. Uh, I, I cannot help but think about the old TV commercial for E.F. Hutton uh, that says, when E.F. Hutton speaks, people listen, and when Jay Powell speaks, investors really listen. And they did, They definitely reacted today. Yeah, that's been a pattern with Fed chairman for the last several, uh, maybe even half a dozen or so. Uh, yeah, I mean, the markets are still worried about whether or not the Fed may raise rates by so much as to damage the economy or even perhaps drive the expansion into a recession. We don't think that's very likely. Right now, you still got a really strong economy. I, I saw you mentioned home sales. Uh, we think the housing market is still pretty strong. There's a lot of cash out there. Keep in mind that the amount of liquidity that people hold in wealth aggregate for the U.S. divided by uh, incomes after taxes is at a record high level. So people have a lot of cash. They have a lot of wealth right now. Uh, and as long as that's the case and you get a really strong job market, we think it's going to be uh, very difficult to generate a recession right away. I know there's a lot of uh, debate and uh, anxiety about whether or not uh, the Fed can engineer a soft landing and uh, try to uh, curb inflation without tipping the economy into recession. But investor sentiment is really hard to gauge at sometimes. Like they either they sell off rapidly on the possibility of the Fed raising interest rates, or they start buying on the possibility that the Fed has. Uh, has this under control and they have a plan. Yeah, that's right. And, and we have a lot of uncertainties right now. The war is a particularly large uncertainty. And the longer it goes on, the longer inflation figures to be above average. And that, that creates a lot of doubts. Well, geez, inflation itself going to do the Fed's job and slow purchasing? Or is the Fed going to try so hard to kill inflation that it ends up being worse, the cure ends up being worse than the disease? For the economy. And, and so the markets are going back and forth. Last week was a good week. The week before that was a bad week. We're off on the wrong foot again here today. Look, the thing for investors is to remember, we may have seen a low in the stock market. We may not have seen the low. So here's a time for patience. Now, the reports coming out this week, we talked about new home sales. The thing holding back the housing market is there's simply just not enough houses to buy at this point. And then we're going to get to Friday and the report on consumer sentiment, which is probably going to be at some sort of recessionary number, despite the fact that people are sitting on top of all this cash and have a willingness to spend it. 
Yeah, people don't like uncertainty, uh, and they'll project that forward, extrapolating from the present into the future. But the, the, the really difficult part of all of this for anyone who wants to analyze uh, is that it's probably not a straight-line extrapolation into the future. At some point, supply chains will get better, so inflation will have some downward pressure from that. The Fed rate hikes will gain some traction. Inflation itself will slow some purchases, perhaps even home purchases. And so the economy will slow, but that doesn't mean a recession. Uh, so it, it, it's not a straight line. I wouldn't read too much into that consumer sentiment number later this week. Thanks for joining us, Paul Christopher, the head of global market strategy at the Wells Fargo Investment Institute based in St. Louis. Coming up, shares of Boeing are down after a jet crash in southern China. Discussing the news affecting your money. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. A Boeing 737 passenger jet has crashed in China with 132 people on board. Let's talk about the potential effect on the Chicago-based plane maker with Ken Goldstein, President KJG International Consulting, based in Chicago. Ken, thanks for joining us today. And it sounds like this particular aircraft uh, that crashed in China in a mountainous region of the country is a Boeing 737-800 series, which is essentially the uh, workhorse of the civilian aviation fleet the world over. Yes, it is. And uh, first off, thanks for having me on. Long and short is this was a China uh, national airline. It was on a flight from uh, Kunming to Guangzhou. And about a third of the way down, or a third of the way before it got to its destination, it went from uh, 30,000 feet and dropped in like a record time. Uh, they've got and crashed in a mountainous area. There's a crater there, according to the drone reports. And one of the things they were able to figure out is they saw a winglet with the airline's name on it. Now, this concern is this airline, China uh, Eastern, has the largest fleet of 737-800s uh, in China. And the big thing here is how fast the China government, the regulating authority, grounded the airplane which is something, you know, when the 737 MAX is done, uh, crashed a few years ago, it was the Chinese who grounded the aircraft first before the FAA. And that's something we should take note of. And and is this uh, uh, potentially because China believes it was a software issue or something wrong with the aircraft itself uh, that resulted in that crash? Or is this just out of an abundance of caution right now? I think it's an abundance of caution because they don't know. It's too early to really make a preliminary thing. they got to get the black boxes to find out what's going on there. The crash just took place. Uh, their concern, I think it's more of a PR thing in a sense that, hey, this is a 737. Forget about the 800 Max or anything else. It's a 737, and the world is still reeling from the fact that it was a 737 that went down both in Indonesia and in uh, Ethiopia. So the concern there is about it. Uh, I think we'll get some reports there. I mean, the initial impact is Boeing stock has taken a hit so far. We'll have to see where it goes from there. And this is the uh, first uh, hull loss incident involving a 737-800 sent after a uh, runway crash in India almost uh, two years ago. Um, At that time, did that have any impact on the uh, 737 fleet, or did people really give it a second thought just because at that time in 2020, people weren't flying? No, the concern wasn't so much there 
is the concern is now because I think it's a 737 and that one was on the runway was down already it slid off the runway uh, this is a concern because it went down pretty fast from 30,000 feet down they don't know what caused it you know as, as I said it was fairly close to its destination in Guangzhou so I think we're gonna have to figure out what's going on here but the abundance of caution and the speed I think that the Chinese government took or the regulators is noteworthy Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Ken Goldstein, president, KJG International Consulting, based in Chicago. Lunch money for all generations. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Spring home buying season is kicking in, and for some people, it'll be first-time purchases. Let's get some advice from Rick Sharga, executive vice president, Realty Track, based in Irvine, California. Rick, thanks for joining us today. Uh, if you are entering the the home market or the home buying market as a first-time buyer uh, at this point in 2022, uh, are you in for a more uh, white-knuckle experience uh, compared to uh, previous uh, times in the home buying? cycle that's that's a great question and it's a great way to phrase it it really is a ride down the rapids uh, in today's housing market uh, especially for first-time buyers uh, who don't have equity to trade in on on a new property so uh, home prices continue to go up double digits Uh, interest rates on mortgages are up a full point from where they were a year ago the average uh, home buyer is paying about 22 to 23 percent more uh, on, on that monthly mortgage payment than they were just a year ago today. So, yeah, for first-time homebuyers, it's a real challenge in today's market, and, and that's probably why we're seeing fewer of them today than we normally see. But uh, circumstances uh, sometimes uh, push you into the uh, home buying market, whether you like it or not. Uh, you have a, a new baby on the way. Uh, you gotta, uh, you gotta find a home uh, with an actual room to put that child. Uh, so uh, you, you, yes. sometimes you have to uh, buy a house, whether you want to or not. Um, I mean, there's the basic stuff like uh, you know cleaning up your credit report and making sure your finances are in order before you go. But what are some good rules of thumb as you start looking at houses and? evaluating uh, their value so you're not uh, totally dazzled by uh, stainless steel appliances and granite countertops? You want to be working with a really good realtor who can tell you what the going price is for similar homes in the area. You don't want to overpay egregiously uh, for a house. And and I say that knowing that in, in many cases today, particularly at the entry level, there are bidding wars going on. But, but you do want to be careful not to overpay for, for a property and get yourself in over your head financially. Um, the, the, one of the things a home, a home buyer needs to think about if, if they've been a renter uh, up until now is variable costs. Uh, you can take a look at your mortgage payment and, and make that sort of analogous to what you pay in rent, and that'll be a fixed cost in terms of principal and interest. But also don't forget you're going to be paying property taxes. Uh, You're going to be paying insurance. Those are variable costs that typically go up year over year. You need to put some money away from maintenance funds. So it's really important that a prospective home buyer does a a thorough and honest financial assessment of of their own finances, their own economic conditions before entering into that that long-term financial commitment that 
home ownership requires. Well, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Rick Sharga, Executive Vice President of Realty Track, based in Irvine, California. Still ahead on the noon business hour, a pair of investment suggestions from our Monday stock picker. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. This is Chicago's all news station, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon, I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. The White House nominee for U.S. Supreme Court questioned by members of the Senate Judiciary Committee. A special report coming up from CBS News. It's Stock Picker Monday. We'll get a pair of ideas from an investing pro. And we'll also talk to a veteran market observer about taking an aggressive stance during markets knocked down by world events. WBBM Business, the markets are lower, the Dow is down 361 points. The NASDAQ is down 185. The S&P 500 was down 32. AccuWeather says times of sun and clouds today, breezy and warmer, a high of 73. We have 66 degrees right now at O'Hare under partly sunny skies at 1231. CBS News special report. The newest Supreme Court nominee is appearing before the Senate Judiciary Committee for her confirmation hearings. CBS's Deborah Alvarone hears from Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Dick Durbin. 
Corbin on the process. Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson arrived for the start of four days of hearings on her Supreme Court nomination. With your nomination, we can be confident that the court, its role, and its decisions will be more understandable to the American public. All 22 members of the Senate Judiciary Committee will deliver opening remarks before Judge Jackson introduces herself. CBS News political analyst Leonard Steinhorn on the grilling she may get from Republicans on that committee. Expect a fair amount of questions on criminal justice issues, particularly on her work as a criminal defense attorney and public defender, and you can almost guarantee that they will be asking about her public defender work on behalf of September 11th detainees held at Guantanamo Bay. CBS News Special Report. I'm Matt Piper. It's 12.32 as the noon business hour continues. Markets are in the red. We're joined by Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital and author of the book Calculated Risk Based in Chicago. Michael, thanks for joining us today. Uh, You could pinpoint the exact moment uh, in the trading day when... uh, Jay Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, uh, said uh, they have a very aggressive plan to curb inflation and there will be more and even higher interest rate hikes uh, if inflation continues unabated. Well, good afternoon, Rob, and you stole my first line. So, uh, yeah, that basically it looked like we were going to test uh, 4500 in the S&P, which I have said is going to be a magnet this year. Um, I've said that on Twitter. Uh, Mike Palten is, is my handle there. Um, we've called it pretty well, but the minute we get near 4,500, Chairman Powell came up and ruined the party. So uh, bond yield spiked 10-year over two and a quarter, and mar- you know markets don't like that. All asset prices don't like that. Um, so you, you've seen a sell-off since that happened. And as you said, it basically literally was right after he spoke. So, you know, this year we've had tons of, of, head, of, of headwinds. And, and, and this is the first year in probably at least five where the headwinds far outnumbered the tailwinds. We've got geopolitics, inflation, the Fed, COVID. Just you can name a bunch, but those are the top four. And you're going to have these volatile days. You're going to have market turnarounds like this on a, on a, a statement by the Fed chair. And you're just going to have to be able to ride that out. I do think we have bottomed, though. And I think the 4,100 mark is going to hold and that we will probably rally in the second half of this year. But you're just going to see a lot of volatility. There's just too many headwinds right now, and none of them are really resolving themselves yet. Uh, Michael, because I I lead a rich and interesting life off the air, I found myself falling down the rabbit hole of old uh, network evening evening newscasts because I wanted to see what America was like and how uh, the average person responded to the inflation crises and the uh, fuel price shocks of 1979 and 1980. What people might not know is that the adjustable rate mortgage was is a relic from that time because people didn't want to be locked into a 19 or 20 percent mortgage rate uh, when rates eventually went down. Um, and and that's what happened. We, you, you had uh, you know Paul Volcker, the uh, chairman of the Federal Reserve, uh, raised interest rates to almost 20 percent in the early 1980s. It caused a recession, but it kind of broke that 10-year inflationary cycle. But the other part of that was fuel prices. And that there was eventually an oil glut in the 80s that led to lower gas prices, which also killed the inflationary cycle. Which leads me to my point is the Federal Reserve can only do so much. The world has to cooperate with him to bring inflation down. Well, certainly. But keep in mind, though, Rob, you're talking about 
20% interest rates, okay? Right now, the 10-year is 230. So um, we're not in that type of environment. We're not going to have that kind of stock market. We're not going to have a massive recession. Um, could this tip us into a weaker recession? That's possible. But I view the consumer still as hanging in there. And it would take higher oil prices, a prolonged geopolitical problem where, where uh, inflation remains high for a longer period of time for us to even come anywhere near that. I, I mean, we're going to be in the twos, I think, in, in, in the tenure. It's not, we're nowhere near, and, and that is great to look at, at the 80s because that is a comparison as far as inflation, but so many other things that happened back then are not happening now, and the biggest thing is, is interest rates. So that's why I think we're going to hang in there. We, we're going to, it's bumpy road ahead. Don't expect for a 20% gain this year uh, or 30 like we did last year, but it'll be bumpy, but I think you, you, you maintain uh, a long position with some cash, though. I would say more than normal cash, 15 to 25% cash is good here because I think we're going to have some times where you can buy some dips here. Um, but, yeah, I, we're, 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 we're similar to 80 in some things, but the biggest thing that we're not similar in is interest rates. Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital and author of the book Calculated Risk Based in Chicago. Thanks for joining us today. Coming up next, insight on how to use a downtime in the markets as a buying opportunity. The only program dedicated to currency events. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. There's a thought that the stock market drop due to a geopolitical crisis is a good time to buy stocks. Let's get the thoughts of Mark Hulbert, investment columnist for the Wall Street Journal, Barron's, and MarketWatch.com. Mark, thanks for joining us today. And oh, what timing, because in the last segment, uh, I asked our previous guest about uh, how this uh, current uh, gas price and inflationary environment Stacks up to uh, 1979-81, and you say that this is actually uh, shaping up to be a situation similar to the early 1970s, to the first gas crisis. Well, that's right, and uh, you know, I'd be the first to say that we can all play the game of finding what this or that uh, historical analogy to draw, and we can end up supporting whatever conclusion we want to come to the discussion with. So, I, I you know, it's, it, this is an art more than a science, but I drew the analogy to the early 1970s when the oil, the first oil uh, embargo and uh, shading up of oil price hit the U.S. because everyone has been uh, basically drawing very bullish conclusions from looking at history. Everyone's saying, oh, after a crisis, the bottom is hit very quickly, and then we're happy days are here again. And I just wanted to bring to people's attention that no, not every historical analogy to what we're seeing right now has worked out well, at least over the short term or even intermediate term. In 1973, the market went down. It didn't come back above where it was in 73 until 1976, three years later. So we can only hope we're not going to face something like that, but we should probably keep our optimism in check. Now, is this a buying opportunity right now, either on a large scale basis or a limited basis? Well, who the heck knows? I, I for one, do not. I, I do think it's possible that the market will see somewhat of a uh, reflex rally. There was a lot of negativity in the market uh, there for a couple weeks. But do I think the final low is in? Probably not. I mean, the, the, the world's facing some incredible uh, risks and uncertainties right now. And all it would take is uh, one or more of these geopolitical events that I don't need to remind the listeners of to go in the wrong way. And then uh, we're going to see a major leg down. It's only after the uh, investment public as a whole has discounted 
all the bad news that they can imagine and then some. That's where you have some of these uh, spasms of negativity and despair that cause the market to plunge. Those are the real historic buying opportunities, not after a, you know, a couple-week de- decline that is what we saw in January and February. And, and given the market's tendency to glom on to any sliver of good news when it comes to the uh, Russia-Ukraine Russia, situation, uh, if there is an actual announcement of a ceasefire or some sort of agreement uh, that says you know, the framework of a, of a peace agreement is in place, uh, where do you see the market? markets going on that particular day? Well, I can imagine it would shoot up quite a bit. I mean, but I think in your question, I think the part that I want to focus on and really underline and emphasize is how we're glomming onto every little piece of good news. That is not a, a good sentiment foundation for a sustainable rally. A market bottom comes when people are glomming onto every piece of bad news, which causes the market to go down. That's when we've discounted all the bad news. Then the market's more likely to go up. But right now, everyone seems to be trying to grasp at any straw in the wind that suggests that uh, happy days are here again. And, you know, I'm sure that we'll find times when the the market uh, satisfies them. But I think overall, that's not the kind of sentiment foundation that is uh, at least is consistent with one of those really major long-term bottoms. Okay, Mark, we've uh, compared the present moment to the uh, early 80s, the early 70s, and in our next segment, uh, we'll try to compare this moment to the uh, panic of 1893. Uh, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Mark Hulbert, the investment columnist for the Wall Street Journal, Barron's, and MarketWatch.com, based in Washington. Join us at this time tomorrow for Travel Tuesday, and still to come, we check in with our Monday stock picker at... Loaning useful information each weekday. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Stock Picker Monday, and lending a hand this afternoon is Chuck Carlson, the CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter based in Hammond, Indiana. Chuck, thanks for joining us today. You have two selections today, and let's get started with a chemical company. Uh, yes, Rob, that chemical company is Westlake. The symbol is WLK. The stock trades for around $125 a share. Uh, we like it for a number of reasons. Uh, we like the markets that the company is in. Its products are primarily used in the residential construction, packaging, uh, and healthcare areas, and we like those sectors right now very much. Um, we also like the consistency the company has shown here. They've beaten earnings estimates pretty handily in each of the last four quarters. Most importantly, earnings estimates are trending higher for the company over the last 60 and 30 days. So that's a nice trend that we like to see with stocks. Still trades at what we believe is a reasonable value, and it is showing really nice relative price performance versus the rest of the market. Today, for example, you have a Dow down more than 300 points. This stock's actually on the upside today. So that's Westlake, symbol WLK, trades for $125 a share. And your next one uh, is is very familiar if you are a viewer of uh, Antiques Roadshow or other television programs on PBS. That's right. That's uh, Chubb is a property casualty insurer. Stock symbol is CB trades for about $212 a share. And you're right, they have a a, a nice niche in terms of uh, insuring uh, for affluent and and high net worth individuals. And and there are things like their artwork, uh, antiques, etc. So it's it's a nice niche to be in. They do a really nice job. They have had uh, also been beating earnings estimates in the last four quarters. Their earnings 
are also trending higher. Uh, and you get a nice little dividend yield on CB as well. So that's a stock. It's, it's, it's also a nice stock in an environment like this um, that tends to be on the volatile side because it's, it's a good valuation. You get a dividend yield of, of 1.5%. And, again, it's a stock showing good relative strength. It, is, it too, is up today in what else is a, a very down market. So two stocks showing good relative strength here, and our clients do own both of them. And, Chuck, last time we talked uh, last week, it was mid-rally. We were wondering if the uh, Dow theory was going to switch from uh, 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 bearish to bullish once again. And uh, based on today, the Dow theory once again undefeated. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, the primary trend, according to the Dow theory, is still bearish. Now, we, we've had, you know, last week was a, a very robust rallies in both of the, uh, in the Dow Industrials and the S&P 500. Um, my guess is you will probably see a little bit more of the sort of weakness we're seeing now and, and possibly a retest of that previous low in the industrial. So uh, I hope I'm wrong, um, but I think we're not quite there yet in, in terms of the Dow theory turning bullish. Thanks for joining us, Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter based in Hammond, Indiana. If you missed any part of today's show, you can go to our stream and just uh, skip back to the time you want. There's a pause and rewind function that works both online and with the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.